Hi, I'm John. And I'm Julie. We're the hosts of the Hartford Fund's Human-Centric Investing Podcast. Every other week, we're talking with inspiring thought leaders to hear their best ideas for how you can transform your relationships with your clients. Let's go. Julie, uh, did I ever share with you my first experience with social media? No, I can't wait to hear the story. <laughs> so I'm going back a ways to the days of America Online, You've Got Mail, all that kind of stuff. And I wanted, I heard all this stuff about chat rooms and I thought, well, I better figure out what these things are all about. So one Saturday morning, I got on a chat room involving my favorite NHL hockey team, the Philadelphia Flyers. And of course, the conversation was riveting. It was did you see the game the other night? What did you think about that penalty? What about this player? This is my favorite player. And then it came back like somebody in the chat room said, hey, uh, you know, ABC123, how old are you? And that person said, I'm 12. And how old are you? I'm 14. Hey, JDD, how old are you? Before I could write 35, I'm like, log off, log off, log off. I was terrified. So, you know, I got to tell you, Julie, when it comes to social media, I am I am probably the, the worst person to talk to uh, because there's so much that I can learn from it. I am not an active user on Facebook or really most of the other social sites. So uh, how, about, how about you? Have you? I hope you're farther along than I am. I have to admit, I'm not much further along than you are. Uh, LinkedIn has been my platform of choice, and I'm still working on navigating that. So um, I think uh, I, I know I'm excited to learn a lot from Stephen, and um, we'll see where it takes us and how maybe a courageous I, I feel after this to see if I can dip my toe into another platform. Well, you know, every time we talk to uh, Stephen Boswell, I always learn something new about a topic that I have very little really knowledge about. So really looking forward to sharing this episode of our interview with Stephen Boswell, president of the Oxley Institute. We're so excited to have Stephen Boswell with us today. Stephen is the president of the Oxley Institute. In addition to overseeing the Oxley Institute's ongoing research on the affluent consumer, financial advisors, and insurance agents, Stephen delivers workshops throughout the U.S. on affluent marketing and practice management. He is also the author of a bi-weekly newsletter for wealthmanagement.com. Stephen, thank you so much for being here with us today. Hi, Julie. So good to be with you. So Stephen, I have a confession to make before we get uh, any further in our conversation today, and I just can't hold it in any longer. Um, I'm not on Facebook. So just with that backdrop, John, I don't know what your Facebook status is, but I needed to get that out there. So it's funny you say that, Julie, because I was just going to present Stephen with the challenge that uh, both you and I are. Now, I will say my wife and I do have a Facebook account, but that's about the extent of my, my knowledge about Facebook. So, Stephen, I'm guessing that many financial advisors may have a personal Facebook page, but I'm wondering how many are actually thinking about using Facebook in their business communications. Uh, what would you say? What's your notion? Are, do you think most advisors have caught on to this or uh, are they like Julie and I and they're taking a little while to get adjusted? Well, the two of you are in good hands today because I think a lot of financial advisors that come to us are starting not necessarily from scratch, but starting from a very basic point of existence in Facebook. And we've seen that evolution over the last 
Uh, it's been over 10 years now since we began training on Facebook for financial advisors. And the reaction we get now is very different than what we got back then. Back then it was, what, you're serious? Like you, you want us to be friends with our clients on Facebook? And we thought that was going to be a big hit of a training program. Our articles were going to be you know, widespread and this was going to be a big trend. And it took a long time to develop because I think, as, as I'm sure we'll get into today, there are a lot of fears with getting involved. There's a lot of risk that we foresee. And you know, 10 years is a long time. So right now we've got a lot more in terms of rules of the road and best practices and knowledge around what makes for really good usage of Facebook by a financial advisor. And it all starts with having an account getting involved and being friends with your clients. It's interesting, Stephen, as you, as you go through this process, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my mind around this because my husband joined Facebook just so we could see pictures of our, our friends' children because they wouldn't text them to me because they said, well, they're on Facebook. So I said, well, I guess, honey, you're, you're the chosen one, open the account. So I'm curious, are advisors truly finding and bringing in clients through Facebook? I mean, I assume that they are, but just will you start at ground zero and sort of educate me and, and walk us through the process today on how this is happening for advisors in terms of a practice growth mechanism? Sure. And really getting started from the beginning, you have to understand the difference between a personal profile and a business page. The personal profile is what you and I would set up to connect with friends and family, to share updates about ourselves and to learn about other people. The business page is there for you to build a following, to share business-related posts, ultimately to advertise, to do all the things that a business would want to do on the network. So when you're getting started with uh, Facebook from a financial professional standpoint, you've got to walk before you run, right? You've got to start with establishing your own personal presence uh, by building a business page, by attracting some followers who then engage with you. And ultimately your goal is, like most of us, is to get some new business out of the tool, but it takes a little bit of time to evolve. We uh, here at Oxley have seen that evolution firsthand because we were early embracers of the network. And you know, in the beginning, it was kind of slow. You'd post something, you wouldn't see a lot of engagement. You'd wonder if anybody's actually even reading this or if social media is this fad that's going to go away. And ultimately, you work yourself into a position to where you're doing a little less lead chasing and a little bit more lead management where people are coming to you. And we're seeing that exact same evolution for many financial advisors out there who got started not being completely sure what they were getting into, but over time have built a respectable following. People want to engage with them. And ultimately they're top of mind when someone needs a good financial advisor. So, you know, if you're in the shoes of a financial advisor and you're wondering where do I start? Well, embrace the network for what it is. We've got to work past some of the fears that have, you know, longed uh, held held many people back. Fears that, you know, aren't necessarily reality. Uh, you know, we, we've seen a lot more best practices, I would say, than worst case scenarios. So, Stephen, mentioning that topic of fear, I was just thinking to myself as you talked about, it, I mean, it sounds funny to say, well, I'm afraid of Facebook. Obviously, I'm not afraid of Facebook, but I, I do have two fears that enter my head. One, I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing. So maybe just educate Julie and I a little bit on you know, when I think about a business profile, what kind of content might I be thinking about that would be different than, say, a personal profile? And then the second fear is, well, you know, I don't know what my firm is going to think of this, right? Am I permitted to do some of these things? So with those two fears in mind, uh, both how I should use it, what kind of content, and just any insight you have, because I know at the Oxley Group, you work with many, many different firms. 
uh, just to level set for us on that fear. Sure. And, and every firm that we've worked with has certain rules and every firm has advisors who complain about their rules, even if they're fairly permissive. So, you know, we go into it knowing that we've got, got to follow those guidelines. I think it's always important to understand what the rules are as a starting point. And almost every firm allows you to post some content on a Facebook business page. And the trend that we see, and I think this is, uh, you know, the, the content that you post, there's not a ton of risk there. And, I, and I'll tell you why. The content that you post is sub, such a drop in the bucket of the overall Facebook content that is out there that any one post, unless it's really, really bad, it isn't going to make or break your, your page. So you've got to be willing to experiment a little bit to post more rather than less. Like if you were to look at our pages, Oxley's pages on Facebook and other networks, you would say that we post a fair amount. Uh, if you ask me, the, the leader of this organization, should we be posting more? I'd say absolutely. Probably twice or three times as much would be my preference, but it's got to be good quality content. And we don't have the resources right now to go two or three times this magnitude. I don't have time to shoot more videos or our team doesn't have time to design any more posts. Uh, but if I had my pick, I would say, let's do more rather than less. And for that to take place, we have, you know, we have to put a little bit more energy into content. We as an industry have to put more energy into our content if we want more of it going out there. And you know, when, when you're thinking about what makes for a really good business page for a financial advisor, some of that content is going to be somewhat educational. So if you were to pick at random a financial advisor's business page, you would see a ton of educational content. And it's not exactly the way we would build it. Like it's almost all educational content. I remember one time a financial advisor came to me and he said, Stephen, we're getting next to no engagement. I just don't think my clients are on Facebook. And I pulled up his page live while we were on the phone call. I said, well, good grief. You have every post is a chart or a graph or something your firm gave you. And that is so boring. That's not what Facebook is all about. You know, how about we mix it up a little bit? You're, you're, you're giving back in the community. Snap some photos of that. You're engaging clients. Let's get some video coverage of it. Like you're, you're trying to do what you can to liven up that feed, to let people into your life a little bit. Even though it's a business page, they still want to get to know you as the professional. So when you're thinking about easy, immediate things that people can do, it is posting content about what's happening in their everyday life, both as a person and as a financial advisor. And I think one thing that we've learned over the years is that the accounts that are more personal, like business pages that have more of a personal slant to it, get more engagement than those that are overly clinical, overly dry. I think that makes so much sense, Stephen. And I know the feedback that I've received for years from financial professionals is for those that do send out maybe a, an email, a team newsletter, the section that receives the most positive feedback is always the personal updates, right? The new house, the baby, the camping trip, all the community service, all of those areas where the clients can really get to know the financial professionals as a human and not just their advisor. Um, you know, the other feedback that I've heard for many years on any sort of social media platform is, okay, Julie, I created the profile. I'm here. Nothing's happening. What, what would be your, your guidance for those that have experienced that? It sounds like it's all about what you do proactively with the tool as opposed to just arriving and, and all of the leads flood into you and, and all of the the prospecting, but I would be curious to have you walk us through that process so that those that are, are thinking about either making their page more robust or starting from ground zero and, and walking before they run, um, how, how does that process look when it's successfully executed? 
Yeah, Julie, I mean, there's a strong parallel between that mindset as it relates to Facebook uh, with that mindset as it relates to client events, referral alliances, all the traditional marketing as well, because you can meet plenty of financial advisors who've said, well, I've tried to partner with accountants in the past and that went nowhere. It's a waste of time. You, you'll hear that I ran an event one time. I got clients to show, but no real guest came. I didn't get any business out of it. And they all have one thing in common. We dabbled with it. And we can't dabble with Facebook if we want to get really good results out of it, which means putting more energy into what we post, how we engage other people, how we learn to leverage its advertising mechanisms. Facebook seems pretty simple, but when you get into it, it is, it's a little complex. And it takes not just weeks and months, but years to really understand what all it can help you do if you, if you actually grasp all that, right? So uh, for example, when you put out a post on your business page, let's say that you have 100 followers on your business page. When you put up a post, you would think, common sense would say, well, at least all my followers are going to see it. But in reality, roughly 5% of your followers are actually going to see that post. So let's say you have 100 followers, which is not small change for many financial advisors, five people seeing that post, how much lift are you actually going to get? How much feedback are you going to get verbally from clients? How many interactions, uh, reactions, or, or comments are you going to get on Facebook? Probably not very many, just because the sheer numbers of it are fairly low. So I, you know, I hear it all the time. We talk about Facebook in, in front of live audiences and in front of webinars, and I, I hear the feedback often of like, well, it hasn't worked for me yet. And my, my, you know, common response is it takes a it takes a good while. But what what we're really after here is a sequence of events that you you know first we have to show up and be there. Second, we have to raise awareness of who we are, both with our clients, our prospects, our centers of influence, and we have to gather followers. Right, and followers isn't a vanity thing that you want to be a quote unquote influencer and you want to have hundreds or thousands of people. Who, who follow your things. That's not what it's all about. If that was all it is, you'd go out and you'd buy followers, which I would advise against. Um, but it is about building a more natural audience to receive future posts. So let's say I go from 100 followers, which is likely friends of mine, clients of mine, my very close connections, that's the 100. I go to 1,000 or 5,000 followers. This is including a fair number of people who haven't engaged me yet, but maybe prospects in the future. So as I put out more educational content by way of graphics or video or any number of things, white papers that I put out, more and more people are seeing it, engaging with it, the distribution spreads, and I get more inbound business from it. So it's a little bit less of like the traditional lead gen mentality and a little bit more of let me build this uh, mousetrap, for lack of a better term, that has people coming to me. Stephen, in, in your mind, excuse me, is there a difference between posting and advertising on Facebook? There is, and it gets a little bit complex because you are able to put out a post and then put some advertising budget behind it. Or you're able to go in through their ads manager platform and build a, an ad from scratch. For many financial professionals out there, the quickest and, and, and effective path for getting more reach with your post is to boost a post. And years ago, that was frowned upon. You, it was kind of the, the easy way out that I put a few dollars behind a post and it encourages Facebook to share it with more people. And it was frowned upon because it was kind of a, a guesswork. You'd put in $10, for example, and to get a little bit of extra boost behind that post, but it wasn't very specific in terms of who that would reach. Nowadays, they've improved 
that mechanism to where if you say, you know what, it's not worth it for me to put out an article that I wrote or a white paper that I gathered from a trusted uh, party here and for five or 10 people to see it, I want hundreds or thousands of people to see it. I can do that fairly easily by boosting a post. So they work hand in hand. And we think boosting is a smart move if you want your content to get more eyeballs. And if you think about it, Facebook is, is fairly smart in this way. Facebook says, you know, you as a business user, if you want a lot of people to see what you're putting out there, pay us for it. And you can either resent that and not engage with the network, or you can embrace it for what it is, a fairly inexpensive way for a lot more people to see what you're putting out there. So you don't have to go in and necessarily leverage a, a third party like us to build ads. You don't necessarily have to go and take a course. And there are plenty of them on Facebook advertising. Traditionally, if you just uh, you know make the case in your own mind that advertising is important and we can get there by boosting post, you can watch enough tutorials, you can do enough research on your own to arrive at a solution for that that doesn't take you all day to figure out and doesn't take a huge budget to make it work. So Stephen, uh, I'm going to ask this question, admitting that my kids think that I'm the prototype for those funny commercials about not becoming your parents. So take this with a, <laughs> with a grain of salt, thinking about it that way. But you say boost a post. What actually happens when I pay to boost a post? And how specific can I be about boosting it? Like when you say boost, does Facebook target certain people? Or what happens when I say, okay, I want to do that? Yeah, boosting a post is really the only way that you can influence who sees the post directly. So when you put out a post, let's say you go onto your business page and you put up a, a photo, for example, of you at the latest fundraiser. Uh, good post, going to see a few people. But if you really want to have that scene more widespread, or let's say it's a white paper that you're really proud of, that you had some hand in creating or you think is really good, uh, you can then say, I want this to go to people in a certain geographical area who Facebook estimates to have a certain level of wealth, who are in a certain phase of life, either by age or uh, you know, family situation. Uh, you can pick by industry. There, there are Facebook knows a lot about us, right? It's scary as a consumer, but it's really helpful as an advertiser. So you're able to get really a, a narrow band of content, for example. Let's say I have this white paper and it's written specifically for people uh, who own businesses. I can make certain that I'm boosting that post towards people who actually own businesses. It's a really good combination of, uh, of them knowing a lot about people and giving you the opportunity to put your message in front of that, that specific audience. I think that's such an important point of distinction, Stephen, is, is the ability to really target a market. I think there are probably many financial professionals listening today saying, you know, my, my practice is a, at a level of, of seasoning and, and, I deliver wealth management. I don't need enough four more $25,000 accounts at this point. That's not the client that I can add the most value to. And so I'm reticent to blast my marketing out to a really broad audience because those are the individuals that may come to me, you know, seeking my advice and guidance. I'm curious um, for those teams and financial professionals that you've seen truly implement and execute this marketing strategy well. My guess is that there is one person on the team that's managing this or that's at least being held accountable to the activities and being consistent. Is that the case? Um, I'd be curious to know because I'm sure many financial professionals are saying, I'm, I'm wrapping my arms around so many things right now. The world is changing more rapidly than I can even keep track of. This is just another thing. 
if I'm interested, how do I do it well for myself and my practice and my team? When you're considering as a financial advisor, whether it's you or someone else on the team who spearheads the social media efforts, it really depends upon which element of that uh, strategy we're talking about. Like the financial advisor has to be involved in some way, but you also would benefit from having some help in terms of posting, boosting, uh, engaging with people who engage with you. So for, for example, at Oxley, you'll notice a lot of me in our post photos of me, videos of me, my business partner, Kevin Nichols. We do a lot of that, but we're not actually the ones who are behind the scenes putting up the posts, scheduling them in advance. We have help with that, right? And, it, and it's a big help. But when you're thinking about it as a financial advisor, you can't think about it as something that you can completely delegate to someone else because it will always come across as impersonal. And you mentioned earlier the idea of going after higher net worth prospects and working with a higher net worth group of people the more that becomes true, like the higher you focus in terms of net worth, the more personalized your content needs to be. People who have, let's say, 5 million investable or 10 or 20 million investable, they're not sitting around looking for boilerplate financial content from financial advisors on social media. But if they happen to see you, who they know as being their financial advisor, or they know through their country club, and they see your video or an article that you've written come through their feed, they may take the time to read it because it features you. So you as the advisor, you've got to be involved, but don't feel like you've got to run every, every element of it. Stephen, quick question for you in terms of the uh, operational aspects. What does it cost to start a Facebook business page? Yeah, to get it started, it's free. And, and there are a hundred different tutorials out there, probably thousands of them. Uh, Facebook itself has a, a great uh, blueprint, they call it, that tells you how to do all of those things. So it's free. And the advertising really depends on what your objectives are. You know, everything from making people aware of your page, which is, you know, relatively inexpensive. Uh, the same with making people aware of a certain post, boosting a post. You know, maybe something you put $25 behind or 100 or 200 but relatively low figures. Uh, whereas if you want to get into a more sophisticated lead generation campaign, you're looking at more like thousands of dollars per month into something like that. So it depends on your objectives. But overall, I'd say it's cheaper than... Uh, advertising mediums of the past. Well, Stephen, I have to say you've inspired me. I know what my homework is after this. I'm going to uh, set up my personal Facebook page and start there and, and hopefully it, it grows from there. And I'm hoping that others that have joined us today may be as inspired as I am. And if for those that are, to learn more about Stephen's Facebook marketing tips and much more, please visit hartfordfunds.com slash Facebook. Stephen, thank you so much. I've learned so much today and I, I don't want to speak for John, but I'm, I'm sure he has as well. And, and thank you for sharing your words of wisdom. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Hartford Funds Human-Centric Investing Podcast. If you'd like to tune in for more episodes, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube. And if you'd like to be a guest and share your best ideas for transforming client relationships, email us at guestbooking at hartfordfunds.com. We'd love to hear from you. Talk to you soon.